Hello and welcome back to Trust Issues, the podcast where we track the first 100 days of Liz Truss's premiership. A 100-day marker, which is looking less and less realistic as the podcast plays out. Um, but let's keep going. Let's see how much long, longer she has. Um, joining this week, we have Ben Blissett, TLDR UK's lead writer, and Zach Michaelis, TLDR's editor-in-chief. I wasn't here last week. How are you both doing? Good. Yeah, Good. Well. Did you have a nice time on the podcast without me? Yeah, it was. It, I think it went okay. I think um, it, it, Rory did a great job, I've heard. Mm. Yes. It's a shame I've heard you two drop the ball a little bit, but Rory... Some incredible Did you hear there. this from Rory? I did. I did hear it from Rory. You're right. Um, so I didn't miss much, right? Like not much happened last week when I was away. Pretty quiet. Everything's all good for trust still, correct? Yeah, she's she's absolutely smashing it yeah. as prime minister. Huge. It looks like she's going to be going The honeymoon the period is looking unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, a key p- policy piece so far was the mini budget. Well, hers and Kwarteng, obviously. Um but since I was last here, Kwarteng has lost his job. We've got a new chancellor and the entire mini budget has been revoked pretty much. I mean, there's some caveats there, which we'll get onto. Um, but even since we last recorded, we've got a new chancellor. Like mm. things are changing really fast. So Jeremy Hunt is our new chancellor replacing Kwasi Kwarteng. What are your thoughts on that appointment? Is it a good move from Trust to have Hunt? Is that going to stabilize things and make the markets happy? Or is Hunt just jumping into a poison chalice at this point? Yeah, um, I think it was a smart move in order to try and unify the party a bit more. I think that she became very aware last week that her brand of politics was very much the right of the party. And they didn't mm-hmm. sort of, uh, by and large, the MPs don't aren't part of that uh, wing of the Conservative Party. It's a very small faction. So she's just trying to bring the party back together. It hasn't worked. Um, it was, a, it was a sort of an attempt to try and steady the ship a little bit. Uh, and him revoking everything this morning presumably was also part of that plan mm-hmm. but you know the, the chaos still ha- exists yeah uh, a lot of backbench Tory MPs don't think that she's up to the job and mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a massive poll coming out at five uh, this afternoon which is supposedly going to be massive and um, so I'd suspect that they've fallen even further behind Labour yeah um, there's projections that Labour would absolutely annihilate the Conservatives still in an election I know, I know obviously mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we had that 30-point lead and there's some speculation about whether that would hold or whether that would be a one-off. doesn't look like that's a one-off at all anymore. It looks like that is Labour are just substantially ahead. Yeah. So I think it, it was an attempt to try and steady the ship slightly by bringing in someone who represented the centre of the party a little bit more, um, or, or at least not the right-wing faction. And yeah, um, it went, it didn't go well. I mean, it might have done a little bit, but not, not, not enough. Okay. Um, so, Zach, what do you think about it? Do you think... <laughs> yeah. No. Any any better news for trust? You got any positives here? No, I mean, sort of just going to echo what Ben said. I understand the rationale. I think mm-hmm. it was both she did want to unify the party. I think it was perhaps more market facing than you're making it out to be. I think a, a large element of the rationale behind Hunt's appointment was just that she wants it's a good guy to calm the markets. Yeah. Um, but politically, it hasn't worked for her because she's now effectively ceded all her political power. To Jeremy Hunt, I mean, he does look like the Prime Minister now. It does yeah. look like a general staging a coup. And <laughs> Truss, yeah, and obviously I don't think Truss has a long shelf life anymore. Um, but I think the problem here is that she had no good options. So it doesn't look like a good option. Yeah. It won't sure. save her. But then again, was there really an available like sequence of actions that would have saved her? Probably not. Okay, so Jeremy Hunt's been appointed. Um, neither of you think that was necessarily 
not it was the best option available it was the best option available but not exactly going to save her and in fact later on in the podcast uh we're speaking to a former conservative mp who thinks not only is it not going to work but also it could further contribute to her downfall but before we get to the kind of pressure trust is un- under, it's probably worth discussing Hunt's first days in his new job. Um, a job he might also not have for that long, because if trust falls, who knows where he'll end up. Um, but regardless, the kind of the first major thing he's done is basically reverse everything that was in the mini budget. This is the mini budget that set fire to the, the country, the pound and the government all in mm. one fell swoop. Um, during the announcement, uh, Hunt said that he was basically reversing almost all of the tax measures introduced in the mini budget. Do you want to quickly run down what that means in practical terms? Yeah, so I mean, I can do it quite simply. There's Go just he's got rid of everything, par realistically three things, which is the national insurance um, uh, cut, mm-hmm. the stamp duty cut, and bankers bonuses. Okay, so um, two of three of those are probably fairly popular with the public. The yeah. national insurance cut benefits a lot of people stamp duty cut broadly people want to be able to buy houses mm. bankers bonuses obviously one of the more toxic original policies um so interesting that one's stayed uh yeah well the and the other ones that, that have gone so yeah. one, one of the most interesting ones was uh when we were talking on friday about this when rory and i were talking about this um, we were saying that uh, it was unlikely that they would make any changes, at least on Friday, to uh, the energy price cap because yeah. that was, you know, one of the biggest things that she said about in the leadership election. One of her big attack lines on Labour, which is that they would only do it for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the idea that Hunt has now reversed that, I think, is quite so. Just, quite just to clarify, what is changing there? So. Um, Originally, uh, Truss had said that it was for two years they would uh, maintain the price cap at two and a half thousand pounds. She's now said that it will only be that would only be the case until April uh, this coming year, mm-hmm. and then they will have some some form of review. So yeah. it's possible that they might just target that um, uh, the, the support to, to low income earners more. So maybe only low income earners sure. will have will have that cap applied. Uh, perhaps perhaps not maybe they'll just continue as it but the point is is that that is no longer guaranteed beyond six months yes um but that was again that that was one of the big one of the the, the big things that the that this whole weekend and hunt being appointed demonstrates is that a lot of the promises that trust has made to become um prime minister just aren't tenable mm-hmm. they don't work she can't do that market forces have just meant that um the the kind of prime minister she's promised to be she is not able to be yeah. um so yeah, a, a lot of what she promised just can't happen, really. And Zach, what do you make of this list of policies here? The ones that have been scrapped, the ones that are staying, obviously keeping national insurance cut, keeping stamp duty cut and keeping bankers bonuses. What do you make of the ones that are on the scrap heap and the ones that are being kept? Well, I think the, the main thing with the ones that are on the scrap heap um, are that, especially the energy price guarantee, the changes to that, they are in fiscal terms, the most significant policies. So. It does look like Hunt has a sort of myopic focus on balancing the books with mm-hmm. little to no regard to the political consequences of that sort of thing. Um, as Ben just mentioned, obviously, the energy price guarantee changing that is going to be really unpopular. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be fine now because obviously it hasn't been scrapped yet. But when it comes to April 2023 yeah. and Hunt was strongly implying that it was going to be whatever the new program is that comes in then is going to be far reduced from what the current one is. Yeah. That is going to be really unpopular. Um, and I think it's also worth mentioning that in that speech, or the statement that he gave, he was talking about how every department is going to have to find further, he called them efficiency savings, mm-hmm. but in practice just means cuts. Yeah. Um, and then also explicitly said that some departments will also face cuts. 
Um, not only does that directly contradict what Trust said on Wednesday, mm -hmm. it's also just politically very, very difficult. Um, and you, you on, on that point, yeah, though, so he, Hunt probably was most notable during the kind of Cameron era, the austerity era, yeah, yeah. not necessarily as a driving force behind those things. He had various roles in health, etc. But do you think if we're heading back to a more austerity time, more cut driven time versus Johnson, who was very keen on spending, do you think that's something that there's any appetite for among the public? Or do you think there'll be a major pushback towards more cuts? No, I, there isn't any. I mean, there's, there's just... There no, never was much appetite, but... Well, yeah, and also, but there's... The, a, there never was much appetite, mm -hmm. but B, this is not like 2010. Yeah. Um, most of the easy, quote-unquote easy, savings were done by Cameron and Osborne. Mm -hmm. and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but you can see there's a good graph in the FT somewhere where you look at, essentially, spending on public services, and it sort of goes down under Cameron Osborne. Now, 2013, it flattens out. Yeah. And then it jumps a little bit with Sunak and Johnson, because as you mentioned, Johnson is more sympathetic to fiscal stimulus mm -hmm. than his predecessors. Um, and the reason that it flattens out in 2013 isn't because Cameron Osborne had a change of heart. It's because they just couldn't find anywhere else to cut things. Yeah. Um, and the point here is that all the cuts, all the politically palatable cuts have been done, even yeah. some of the unpalatable ones. And the remaining uh, cuts available are all politically very, very difficult, which is why it looks like it's only going to get harder for trust. And also, I mean, I imagine part of the reason why uh, Cameron and Osborne got away with it is because they marketed themselves as a sensible economic power and that they were being fiscally responsible, etc. That's how they justified it. And when those cuts would be on the back of a mistake made by the Conservative oh, yeah. government, making that fiscally responsible case is a little hard, he would have thought. Ben, do you agree? Do you think the public have any appetite for this kind of politics? Well, not particularly. And, and, and I think there's a couple of other things here with, with, with Cameron and Osborne as well is that they were I know they were in a coalition government but they were elected mm -hmm. by by the public at large yeah and there was the Lib Dem sort of keeping them in check on some things so there had to be concessions made which almost were for uh, maybe not all but at least it represented some of the, yeah. the, the sort of left wing and those that wouldn't support the Conservatives traditionally um, Liz Truss hasn't been elected yet um, she the people that, that did elect her elected her on cutting taxes which is now not uh, which is yeah. now so the, the people that supported her did so almost because the thing that separated trust from sunak was her economic policy yeah it was that she was going to cut tax so now that she's not doing that her mandate's gone from the very the very small mandate that she had mm -hmm. anyway so she's got you know, very little authority to actually do this in the first place which is why we're in this chaotic situation because uh she, you know there's just no one that actually realistic that the mps don't back her mm -hmm. the, the membership that voted for her don't back her because the reason that they did so was largely on economics and the general public voted for Boris Johnson in 2019 not trust yeah so yeah no th I don't think I don't think many people um yeah I don't think, th 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 I don't think many people support her or the um policies that she's going for at the minute it seems then as well that uh, even within our own party, even our own MPs aren't particularly on her side. Um, there's speculation at the moment that over 100 letters of no confidence have already been submitted to Sir Graham Brady, which in ordinary circumstances would be enough to get rid of her. Obviously, we just had a... Um, almost double. Almost double, yeah. How many is the, what's the required 54. number? 54. So if we do have 100, in ordinary times, we would be having a no confidence vote but because we've just had one with johnson there's a cooling off period which means essentially as many letters can be submitted as they want and nothing immediately happens now rules could be changed special procedures could be enacted but we're not aiming for a specific number in this instance regardless as i just said there is speculation that numbers have reached as high as 100 
And earlier on this afternoon, um, Ben spoke uh, to Ben Howlett, a former Conservative MP who we've spoken to on various TLDI shows before, um, to get his thoughts on the situation. Uh, and in this, um, Ben outlines why he thinks Truss might not have much longer left in office. Okay, so it's a bit of a crazy day today. I've sort of seen your tweet earlier that uh, suggested that there could be up to 100 letters of no confidence sent in to the 22 committee, to Sir Graham Brady. There is no formal mechanism to get rid of trust, though, at the minute. So how do you think that, you know, these letters could actually enter the downfall of her premiership? Well, uh, you're absolutely right. So the numbers of letters uh, are kind of irrelevant to an extent because she does have a year's worth of grace period. But uh, if, of course, there are enough letters received by Graham Brady, who's the chair of the 1922 committee, then uh, the likelihood is that he will uh, be forced to go and see her to tell her she's got two choices. Uh, the 1922 committee will change the rules and therefore she'll leave or she should resign. So uh, from what I hear from uh, former colleagues and uh, the MPs over the other side of the road, then it looks like um, her game is up over the next couple of days. Yeah, so what do you think the, the likelihood of that happening is then? Um, obviously, the 100 letters is, is speculation at this, you know, at the minute we have had no confirmation that is the case. Do you believe that that 100 letters, you know, that that has gone in? Um, and, and, you know, what do you think that the sort of relative uh, likelihood is that Brady actually acts on them? Uh, I mean, over the last few years, I've certainly had enough practice in terms of answering this question, which is that uh, that Graham Brady never will uh, say exactly how many letters he's received until a threshold has been met. So we'll never actually know. But um, obviously, we've heard four MPs over the weekend come out and uh, say publicly that they've got no confidence in the Prime Minister. I don't expect there to be as many uh, MPs this time around uh, coming out publicly and saying that they've got no confidence in the Prime Minister. Uh, but I do believe that there is uh, somewhere over the 100 uh, threshold um, of MPs and that would basically mean that Graham Brady has got one choice which is to really go over to Downing Street and have that very difficult conversation with, with the Prime Minister. Um, since we've been on this uh, interview, uh, the Prime Minister has been replaced by uh, Penny Mordaunt at the House of Commons in answer to an urgent question. So she's got another uh, number of commitments this afternoon, including the Chancellor's statement so it'll be very interesting to see whether or not she'll actually turn up to any of those and that might give us an indication as to whether or not she'll be Prime Minister by the end of uh, today let alone uh, tomorrow or by the end of the week. And what do you see the timetable sort of being if, if that is the case you know how, how, how would this all sort of work actually in practice this week um, if Brady did uh, meet with Truss? Well, uh, based on experience, and I've been in um, many a circumstance where I've seen uh, Prime Ministers uh, leave office over the last few years, haven't we all? But, uh, you know, what will happen is that the Prime Minister will likely meet with Sir Graham Brady if there is over 100 letters later on this evening. Uh, she is expected to be with the One Nation group, uh, what is dubbed as the WETS group, uh, this evening anyway, um, and then a reception with her cabinet. So if either of those get cancelled, we'll have a very good indication as to whether or not Graham 
Graham Brady is in fact sitting down with the Prime Minister. So watch this space. But I do suspect that she will at least get through the Chancellor's statement this afternoon. And I suspect that Graham Brady will at least allow that to happen. But um, it's anyone's guess right now. This might, this might not come off. You know, I have sat in other rooms where MPs have decided not to actually you know, uh, pull the trigger. But in this instance, I think probably it's highly likely that um, over the next 48 hours, um, Liz Truss will not be Prime Minister. And I suspect I sort of already know the answer to this, but what actually is the mood on the backbench? I know that you're probably in contact with quite a few um, sitting Tory MPs, uh, and I imagine they're not particularly happy, but have you been hearing anything in particular from them? Not particularly happy, maybe a, quite a, a, an underestimate, I would suspect. <laughs> um, I think the atmosphere is somewhat febrile. Uh, it's incredibly, uh, I, I suppose, just speechless in many ways like me you know you can't imagine that after going through months worth of leadership election races that you end up having this sort of circumstance and you know MPs didn't vote for her in the first place so they are you know in, in a sense really worried about what happens in the future but they're also somewhat just completely awestruck in this sort of sense of what on earth is she doing so um, at the moment I think they're trying to be a little bit more tactical than potentially they would have been under previous prime ministerial uh, changes and thinking okay how do we create a future vision that enables us not to have to go through that um, that mess uh, of, a, of a leadership battle for months on end and I, I think that's probably delaying quite a significant number of MPs uh, in terms of them coming out and opposing or saying that they've lost confidence in Liz Truss. Yeah, so what would this actually mean for the wider Conservative Party then? If what you're saying does happen this week, you know, if there is some sort of um, rebellion against trust, uh, what does this mean for the Conservative Party? Because there would then be two Prime Ministers removed from the person who won the 2019 uh, general election. Uh, Liz Truss, who stood on a platform of cutting tax, will have been forced into not doing so. Um, the polls are really not good for the Conservatives right now. What would this actually mean for the Conservative Party? Yeah, again, it's... It's worse than that, I think. Uh, really not good, uh, I've seen in the past. This is oblivion for the Conservative Party. This is end of their existence as even an opposition party. I think polling today showed that they would actually be the third party in Parliament. So, you know, it is um, not a nice place to be as an MP uh, to face that sort of consequence of your actions. So what does this mean for the Conservative Party? I think this means the Conservative Party will probably uh, end up either splitting uh, or alternatively the Conservative Party will end up putting in a caretaker candidate and this again is why I uh, imagine that there's been a delay in the number of MPs uh, coming out and saying that they've lost confidence in her because they don't know what caretaker uh, environment, uh, what caretaker leader will look like um, following on from the removal of trust they don't want to as I understand it do a replication of what happened with Boris's um, loss of office which is to you know wield the knife but didn't necessarily know what would happen next because well we know what happened it was Liz Truss um, so big question is whether or not members actually will get a vote in the first place or not I, I, I suspect not and it will be a coronation very similar to the leadership election campaigns like the one I, I worked on with uh, Theresa May so um, suspect there will be one unifying candidate that will be put forwards. I, I don't know who that would be. It might be Jeremy Hunt, who did a very, very good job today and also on Friday. It might be Penny Morden. It might be Rishi Sunak. But um, I think all of them has learned something from the um, leadership um, 
loss of uh, Boris Johnson, which is he who wields the knife doesn't necessarily uh, hold the crown. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see what that looks like over the next 48 hours. And what what do you think of Jeremy Hunt's performance? I know you've just referenced it now, but what do you think of Jeremy Hunt's performance this morning? Has that bought to any time in any sense? Um, I know that he's sort of undone a lot of the mini budget uh, and there's, the, there is a, a sort of a, you know, a, a Retfield poll coming out at five as well, which, which might sort of undo it. But, you know, taken in isolation, has, has Jeremy Hunt's um, uh, actions this morning in any way helped her? No. <laughs> I, I think it's helped him quite a lot. Um, I really don't think it's helped her uh, one bit because at the end of the day, the uh, point that one Conservative MP said to me earlier on, which was, well, what's the point in Liz Truss then? Mm. Uh, you know, she's not popular with the electorate, as we've, as we've seen from the polls. Her policies now have been completely um, U-turned on. So what is she doing? You know, she's ultimately hanging on to dear life, a bit like Gordon Brown in the last days of the um, Labour government when they were trying to negotiate a plan with the Liberal Democrats in 2010 for a coalition, and that failed. So, you know, I know she's got many more years to go before she can invoke uh, squatters' rights, but, um, you know, at this point in time, she looks to be probably the shortest-serving Prime Minister since Stanley Baldwin. Again, I suspect I might know that you answer this, but if you were still an MP now, obviously the, 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 the choice facing a, a lot of MPs is either stick with trust in the hope that polling gets better and that she improves, or obviously jump ship and that has its own sort of uh, list of consequences. Would you, be, would you be one of those calling for her resignation? I think you know the answer to that one. However, now I'm not an MP, I think she should carry on going and going and going. This is amazingly hilarious to watch from a commentary <laughs> point of view. Um, yeah. From a market's point of view, you know, I'm, I've literally this morning, I can promise you, had to call the bank to increase my standing order on my mortgage payments. So, you know, like everybody else out there, I am absolutely fuming that she's created a huge amount of market instability whacked up our mortgages and left us with absolutely none of the benefits that we all thought she would have. So, you know, incandescent on a personal level from a, you know, from a commentary point of view, you know, keep it going for as long as possible. It's great uh, content, but I mean, there's a serious side to this, which is that she has been horrendously damaging to our economy, to our stability, to our credibility internationally. So the faster she can go, the better in my view. And if she does go, do you think there should be a general election? And do you see that actually realistically happening? I, I, don't, I don't see it realistically happening, no. But, you know, what will happen is whoever is the new prime minister will face that uh, interminable question, which is when will there be a general election? You know, David Cameron decided to uh, resign in 2016 after Brexit because he didn't want to end up facing exactly those questions. So I suspect exactly that question will come up time and time again. And, um, you know, turkeys don't vote for an early Christmas. So Conservative MPs are no way going to be voting for a general election anytime soon. Not with these poll ratings anyway. (laughs) And just one last question um, to, to, to sort of end on. Have you had any interesting messages at all from uh, any, any of your uh, former Tory colleagues about uh, Liz Truss? Has there been anything um, particularly interesting that you've sort of received? Well, I mean, over the last um, 24, 48 hours, I've, I've certainly received quite a few. I mean, hence I've found out how many letters are sort of uh, coming in. But um, one thing I was quite amused by was the uh, point of her having a, a cocktail or a drinks thing with a load of um, One Nation 
in inverted commas, WETS MPs uh, later on this evening. And we were trying to work out exactly how you start off a conversation over a cocktail with Liz Truss after she's just completely tanked the economy. I can't imagine anybody's going to be um, having a, a polite conversation, put it that way. So, um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to be her in that are. situation. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's going to be a disaster. So, you know, I, I don't even know if she'll last that long, to be honest with you, Ben. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Well, we'll have to see this week. And, uh, you know, if, if anything big does happen, we'd uh, love to be able to speak to you again about it. But uh, thank you for joining us today anyway. Thank you. Okay, so that's what Ben Howlett, former Conservative MP, had to say. Um, clearly some pretty negative news there for Truss. Um, ben, obviously you were the one that spoke to him. What do you make of those remarks? Do you agree with some of those conclusions or do you see it differently? Yeah, I mean, the, his, his sort of assertion that um, things aren't good for Truss is obviously, you know, we're all in agreement on. I think certain elements of it, I, again, I, I'm sure he's spoken to a lot of sort of backbench mm -hmm. MPs and he's probably more tuned into this than we are. But um, I think that... <laughs> Could you be less tuned yeah. in? Well, have you spoken to any back... <laughs> well, no, just, just tuned in generally to, to, sure. to what's going on. No, no, I know. Um, but I, I do think that... The, well, we'll find out by the yeah. time this goes out. I think that there's... Um, it's maybe more up for question whether she's going to go today than perhaps he, mm -hmm. he thinks. Um, I also... Uh, the, the idea... You know, it's, it's a long way off talking about splitting the Conservative Party, things like yeah. that. But things that, like on the general election, you know, the, the just... The only way that that would come about is if either Trust calls one, which she definitely won't, mm -hmm. or um, Parliament votes for it. And when you've got such a huge working majority, even when they are so divided and they don't support it, it's just that that's not going to happen. So, yeah, um, I think a, a lot of what he's saying very much is true. I think we'll have to see over the next few days whether Trust is, is pushed out as soon mm -hmm. as he, he thinks. Um, but, yeah, I think he's, he's broadly right on, um, on, on what he was saying. What do you make on the Broad Conclusions Act? Do you think she's got more than 48 hours left or do you think that's in line with realistic expectations? I just think the question is sort of a bit redundant, isn't it? Because she's definitely gone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, 48 hours or a week, who cares? Um, do you think it is genuinely that, if you were like framing the bounds of reality here, do you think 48 hours to a week is where you're putting your guess? Oh, it's so difficult to say. I mean, like, there's obviously a counterfactual in which she just sort of clings on and mm -hmm. Bojo-esque slog all the way through to her eventual demise but yeah. i do think that actually that the relevant time interval is probably days and weeks as opposed to months okay um yeah i just a i can't i can't see conservative mps stomaching the sort of polling we're seeing and the sort of polling we're expected to see tonight mm -hmm. for very much longer and i think they'll quickly realize that things are only going to get worse i mean obviously a good example of this is if she's done the whole switching a chancellor thing and things are still going crap for her they've yeah. got to conclude that what else can you do, can do. Yeah, yeah yeah you played your trump card didn't work mm -hmm. um yeah I, I think that's that's sort of my take on that um yeah i guess so so obviously if if she does go we'll need someone else. So kind of two questions here. One is, what do you think the procedure will look like? Obviously, we've just been through a full leadership process. It took ages. Uh, there were a ton of candidates. There were clearly some favorite candidates and candidates that while they have no legitimacy from like they weren't voted for, they at least made it through the process. There's some clearer front runners now than we had six months ago when Johnson was kind of falling by the wayside. So do you think we'll go through another full leadership process and we'll be stuck in that chaos until Christmas? Or do you think it's more likely they'll make some kind of unanimous kind of appointment, unanimous appointment? The um, speculation at the minute is that they'll just make an appointment mm -hmm. because, you know, who wants to go through another yeah. massive 
conservative leadership election. Uh, the difficulty, though, with that is that, you know, they then have, for a prime minister who's already going to have questions of legitimacy, yeah. uh, when you're two prime ministers removed from a general election, um, to then have not been elected even by your members yeah. is only going to add to the difficulties um, of legitimacy. So it, that, that, is, that is certainly going to be a question. But, but I, I think that they'll ultimately conclude that it's just worth not doing the election and appointing someone and almost framing them as a uh, caretaker prime minister, just someone to tide mm -hmm. us over until it's you know realistic that they can have a leadership election again. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think the most likely option is that they're going to be installed. Regardless of how they end up getting in, um, who do you both think is the most likely to end up uh, replacing her? You don't have to just give one if you don't want. If you want to give two or three and rank them, that's fine. Um, but with trust clearly on the ropes, who do you think is most likely to replace her? Oh, do you want to go first? Because I actually... Well, I think either uh, Wallace, Mordant or Sunak. In order? Uh, not necessarily in order. Put uh, them in order for me then, Ben. <laughs> um, uh, I think probably Morden, Wallace, then Sunak. Ascending or descending so order? Sunak, the least likely of the okay. three. I would say Wallace is actually very unlikely because okay. obviously he was a potential front runner in the leadership campaign. Yeah. And for essentially personal reasons, because he didn't want his personal life to be outed, which was apparently what was threatened. Ben Howlett implied that last time he was on. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't run. Uh, then I think I think you have to have a little bit of money on Suella Braverman. Yeah. You just see the right wing coalescing around her, um, which would be which would be interesting. But there just wasn't there wasn't the support for the right wing in the leadership. There's why suddenly coalesced around sooner. I intuitively I agree with you. I don't think it's likely, but I still think you have to put a little bit of money on the right leaning candidate. And I yeah. think Bravman has positioned herself as the front runner. Absolutely. For that contingent bit of the parliamentary party. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. This is such a. I don't want to. Go on. Top three. Top three. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sunak, Bojo, Morden in that order. That okay, which I think is actually a crap bet because I don't think any of them are likely. But I just can't see who is going. anyone how you, likely. How though? do you see Bojo coming back realistically? I, I think uh, the thing with Bojo is that I love that we've reverted to calling him Bojo after yeah, having a policy of Johnson. Uh, Johnson, let's call him Johnson. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I only think the thing with Johnson is I just think that in you know if you're just going to personify mm -hmm. conservative parliamentary parties, just sort of one person, they're clearly very very anxious. Yeah, and when you're really really stressed out, you often reach for you know, the good times. Yeah, and the comfort Boris blanket. Johnson, yeah, he is the comfort blanket. He is the warm bit of insulation for them. And you can, you've got to give him credit, actually. The, th the amazing thing about trust is it's shown how impossible it really is to maintain that electoral coalition that Boris Johnson somehow managed to do. And um, I just think that when you're down on the ropes and, mm -hmm. and polling is looking so miserable, a bit of old school Johnson boosterism, you know, that's the... Never hurts. Yeah, that's the antidote. I just we, we spoke about this last week, I think, and... Um, saying how weird is it going to be if there's this little thing of this long, long Boris Johnson tenure with this weird little sort Especially of if Liz Truss Let's say he suddenly absolutely bombs back in. He's here until 2030 as he ho hoped forever. Mm. And what a fun little anomaly that would be. That would be a good pub quiz. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. How many months was like the break? Because yeah. that's never yeah. really happened. I mean, there's been breaks in tenures before, but not like this. But never, never you leave the leadership of a party, then come back. That, that, that would He's be truly... He's barely got time to strip his wallpaper off the wall and <laughs> straight back in again. Do you get it's a new unbelievable. budget, do you, you do get a new budget every time. Surely, you yeah. Then. Yeah, maybe that's his long-term plan. That's a good scam. He now can now build a treehouse yeah, he wanted. 
Wow, what a That would be amazing if he had to move move back in. All well, the, he would. Well, no, but uh, do redo all the flat, yeah. how he did it, all that. Be amazing. Oh, wow. What an idea, right? What an idea. Wow. I mean, we... We joke about this now, but this could be the case in oh, two weeks' time. It's yeah. Zach's second most likely pick. It would be very Italian of us. Yeah. He yeah. really would be our Berlusconi. He would. Sort of straight figure. Yeah. Absolutely bounding back in. Yeah. I mean, irrespective, we were saying earlier that like the uh, the Hunt pick is a bit um, Mario Draghi. It's, it's a technocrat entering, trying to settle the markets he again. He also said, I, I, the, he ends his speech on, we will do whatever is necessary, which is... Which is almost an exact it's, quote. It's, it's the Mario Draghi, whatever it yeah. takes thing, which is sort of sad, actually. So we'll end up either technocrat, sticking with our current like nightmare, yeah. or uh, returning to Berlusconi. I, I is this a favourable comparison? I feel like this is problematic. Right, who are we insulting here? The Italians I don't. I have no idea, but well, I, I don't like being it. a bit peak on the Italians. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do sort of wonder what would happen if Trust remains. Like, what what happens if we get to Christmas and she's still here? Like, what situation would we find ourselves well, in at that is, point? What is fascinating about this is it's amazing how shit the options are for them. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's get rid of Trust. It's it? shit. Keep Trust. It's shit. Get mm -hmm. a new leader and don't call election. It's shit. Get a new leader, call election. It's shit. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Every like if you had of the all it's of this like decision tree of shit yeah. which routes are you preferring do you think oh, for them I'd just be so stressed I think yeah, this, I'd be stressed. which I pile of like, shit do you want I think I, I don't know which one I want but what I will say is if it was me yeah. I'd just be so paralysed by the terror of all the shit that I'd just you just eat them all up I'd just I literally just stick with whatever was going on <laughs> I, I, it would be trust until 2024 for me yeah, and then I, I'd lose my job I sort of weirdly agree that in, in a sense it's like it, if this is a tasting menu Bush Tucker Toriel style of shit which shit are you eating? I do, I do sort of think weirdly that keeping trust, although it's very unlikely she's going to improve things by twenty four, mm. if 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 if, the, if she does manage to get some stuff together and by Christmas she manages to even recover the poll slightly, yeah. that would be better than you know changing leader and all of the the yes. oh, chaos actually, that comes I'll with it. it back, just think about if you were to conserve MP, just think about actually trust leading into a general election i know i know that would be oh, I think but then as you say who are you replacing her with who who, who have you got great and, confidence and do you in? want to roll the dice and you well, know yeah. risk getting swella braverman better the devil you know though isn't it it's like who how is it if the devil's that rubbish <laughs> well it's true <laughs> it's true it's a very good point the devil polls on minus 50 <laughs> yeah i reckon it, the devil could devil. poll higher i reckon <laughs> if the devil tried <laughs> He's definitely got a certain. So if we got to the point, he's got a demographic. So yeah. if we got to the point where we're comparing polling ratings between the devil and trust. I mean, you guys did it, not us. We yeah. didn't make the numbers. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's all we got time for there today. Are also I think Satanists out there that do sort of like mm. the devil, whereas I, I doubt there's there people are many who like trust supporters. Too. <laughs> Very oh, good. That's a bit peak. Bit harsh. Yeah, bit harsh. Yeah. What's the Venn diagram the there? Now we're doing Swellabrava. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. They yeah. love it. Do I was trash anyone else before we wrap up. No, no, no. I was trying to wrap up already, and I don't know. We ended up. Ended up insulting the devil, which I feel quite self-conscious about. Um, anyway, that's all we have time for right now. Partly because we need to edit this podcast and get it up before it ends up being inaccurate. <laughs> and partly because in 48 hours, we could be back here discussing the demise of trust and ending the podcast. Because we said we'd do this as long as she was in power for the first 100 days. I think we, we joked on. episode we one. We carry on tracking her even if she's not. Just, just in her personal life. Days. We yeah. did say 100 days. Yeah. They're gonna be some short podcast. She was spotted going to prep. What sandwich do you reckon she got? And did that influence the market? She Absolutely not. Such a sad sandwich. I don't know what the saddest sandwich is, but you can imagine. Uh, it's one with it. 
one of the veg ones. It's like a salad. Cress in it. Yeah, cress. Like an egg mayo. That's got yeah. a ton of cress, right? Yeah, that's a sad sandwich. That actually. is a sad sandwich. Yeah. Comment below the saddest pret sandwich, <laughs> and we will be back later in the week, either on uh, Friday for the next regularly scheduled episode, or or sooner if we have to make an emergency episode. But we'll be here tracking troughs, and we'll see you whenever that ends up being. The name isn't tracking. I know that you tried to end it on like a. That's the name of the pop. Ah, it's trust issues.